0: Welcome along to the Brain for Business, Brain for Life podcast with me, Lawrence Nell, where we take the lessons from evidence-based academic research, most particularly involving the brain and behavioral sciences, and translate them in a way that is accessible for leaders and organizations. I'm delighted to welcome to this episode of Brain for Business, Brain for Life, Dr. Wendy Ross. Wendy is a senior lecturer at London Metropolitan University. She is particularly interested in serendipity and its role in creativity and innovation. Her research explores how we can best foster these at both an individual and at an organizational level. She has published research on collaborative creativity as well as serendipity and creativity. She's an invited member of several international networks and has been asked to talk about her research in Europe and the United States. She's a co-editor of two collections on serendipity, The Art of Serendipity and serendipity science, as well as being secretary of the Serendipity Society and its conference chair. In 2021, she was awarded the Frank X Barron Prize by division 10 of the American Psychological Association. She is currently working on serendipity and innovation in the business environment, as well as examining small moments of accident and how we can turn them to our advantage. Wendy, you are very
1: welcome. Hi, Laurie, it's nice to be here.
0: Well, we're delighted to have you, particularly as it comes about through serendipity. So on that note, perhaps you might start by telling us what is serendipity?
1: Um, well, serendipity is something we think we all know, and I think we experience probably lots of times over the course of a day. When we're considering it in an academic sense, we tend to contrast it with luck. Um, and in fact, in a sort of colloquial sense, we tend to collapse, collapse luck and serendipity. But when we're approaching it from the sort of scientific aspect, we, we actually contrast the two of them. So for researchers in serendipity, luck is something which happens to us. As we go through the world, something will happen to us and we're very passive in it. Whereas serendipity requires the active involvement of the agent. So at its base, it's... it was. It comes from a word coined by Horace Walpole, which um, the, the word serendipity, and he said it was a mixture of accident and sagacity. And it's this sort of bipartite nature which makes it interesting to researchers across all sorts of different domains because it allows us to see how luck interacts with our own personal attributes, or our own broader sort of organizational attributes to create and to foster a, a positive outcome, really. So yes so serendipity is is those two things. It's accidents in the environment and then it's the the personal factors and the personal capabilities as it were of taking advantage of those accidents.
0: So can you tell us then what are some real world examples of serendipity in action? Surely there must be some that that are out there that people can relate to.
1: Yes, I think so. So um the most obvious one is Alexander Fleming's discovery of penicillin. So all sorts of things happen and it's a useful one to unpick and it is often unpicked by the literature partly because it's the most famous one and then secondly because it's quite useful to distill some of the things that are that are important in serendipity. So Alexander Fleming um, came came in after Christmas and it had been an unseasonably warm Christmas and he was particularly messy and hadn't washed up a petri dish and within this petri dish a mold had grown which had killed the bacteria that was originally originally in there um, this mold had, had had flown up from an asthma lab below so there's a whole series of things that shouldn't have happened in order for this this thing to happen um, Fleming noticed it Noticed that the noticed that something had happened, remarked to it to people around him, sort of sent out the samples to various different people, and it was picked up quite a while later um, by some researchers in Oxford who could see the benefits of what was happening here and this sort of bacterial um, killing um, properties of what of what Fleming had discovered. Right the way through then to um, just before the Second World War, it was really picked up by the US military who were keen to develop it, and at that same point there was somebody called Mary Hunt who found a way of, of developing, of growing the penicillin on a, on a much larger scale just wandering through a market and finding a mouldy melon, which is why she's unfortunately got the name of Mouldy Mary in a lot of the stories of this. But um, what happened then, there was all sorts of things that happened in there. There was the, the accident and the, the uncontrollable sort of intrusion of environmental chance within the story. Fleming's own personal qualities of, of noticing the accident and, and understanding what it meant and, and being able to see that something has happened that's important right way through then to existing networks that could foster and develop that so that then eventually it became well penicillin which we have now and the the outcome then currently is positive although the more stuff you hear about the sort of super bugs and super resistance you wonder whether this will be a story of, of Zemblanity, sort of in in 200 years time and people say well look if, if fleming hadn't discovered this then we would have never had this super resistance He knows so that's, that's, that's a common one that's used often to describe really all the different facets that are needed to make serendipity happen.
0: It's interesting because when you tell that story about Fleming and, and penicillin, it reminds me of the, the quote from Louis Pasteur, something along the lines of, in, in the fields of observation, chance favors only the prepared mind. So if we think about Fleming and penicillin and serendipity, does that suggest that it's more than just good luck and good fortune but actually it is really bringing together that that contextual expertise and knowledge along with that dose of of luck and uh that that perhaps leads to insight and, and future discovery
1: yeah i think so and i think i think that different um different areas of the field and different areas of academic research will emphasize more one part or the other and it it sort of pushes, it tends to swing backwards and forwards about whether or not we view it as a capability, as something that a person or an organisation does, or whether we view it as something which is more focused on the material world and and the chance world, but really serendipity requires three things. It It requires the original trigger accident. So it requires um, something happening which is unexpected and unintended, and and, and uh, as as Peck van Andel calls it, an, an anticipated datum. Something arises that we weren't expecting. So that's that's and that's the luck part, really. But. For serendipity, it has to be more than that. It requires this prepared mind, exactly as you said from um, Pasteur's quote. So it requires somebody that's able to see and to recognise that and to act it and act upon it and have to have the skills to do that. Um, and it also requires this, this act of noticing. You have to notice what's going on around you. And that's partly to do with the prepared mind, but it's it's more than that. So you can actually have the right person in the right place, but they don't notice what's going on. And so all those three of those things are necessary for the moment of serendipity. And then beyond that, as with all discovery, it, it, nothing, none of these things happen in a vacuum. So all innovation and all discovery happens within a sort of growing network of people. And really the research at the moment is focusing on different aspects of those factors of what can help us to, to come up with discoveries in an unanticipated and unexpected way.
0: So does that suggest then that in an ideal world it might even be possible to plan for serendipity or, or is that perhaps contradicting the whole nature of what serendipity is about?
1: Um, that's, that, that, that's a relatively controversial question of which there's, there's whatever I say there'll be about 50 people writing emails to me telling me that I was wrong whichever side I go. We've just finished a large conference on um, serendipity and big data actually in which this question came up over and over again. Is it possible to program a computer for serendipity? Is it possible to plan for it? It's conceptually you can't plan for serendipity to happen because you can't plan for something unplanned. Um, and there's lots of sort of paradoxical problems when you when you come into that. But there's different levels of where the, the serendipity can happen. So while I, I can not designed for myself to encounter serendipity, what I think is easier to view is if you design for serendipity to happen for other people. So the unexpected and the unanticipated is expected and anticipated by a designer but not necessarily expected and anticipated by the person who then goes on to experience serendipity. So I think that there is a a balance um, to be struck and it's also worth considering that there's different types and levels of serendipity. So the just like the sort of the, the great creative moments of genius that that we read about, and the great creative moments of serendipity, these are these are incredibly rare moments. The idea that someone's just walking along and they're struck by an idea, or that they have this really pure moment of serendipity, these these, these are these are rare and and whether they even happen beyond a a, a very constructed narrative is it's hard to tell, but you then have levels and facets and sort of spectrums of serendipity and you can certainly create environments where it's more likely to happen. Um, Bjorn Bon's written a, a really interesting paper on this and he, he talks about um, three different sort of environmental affordances that you can have. <clears throat> he discusses diversi- diversifiability, so there's just got to be lots and lots of things happening. Sort of with lots of cross-contacts, lots of potentials um, and colliding potentials he talks about. And he also writes about then traversability, so you should be able to move between these potentials. If you move between these potentials, you're more likely to create um connections and also, sensurability, um, which here is a sort of, he sees as being that you're, you're engaged within the environment in which it's in, so that all of these things can come together to mean it's, it's more likely that you'll experience something serendipitous. Um, so planning for is hard, but creating an environment and developing a mindset which helps you to experience it, that, is, that, that I think is, is possible.
0: Well, if we take that point then about the environment and the mindset, is it possible to say that perhaps some people are more prone to serendipity than others? Or again, is that a controversial question?
1: I think it's an interesting question. Um, It's interesting because I sit myself in a slightly different place to some of the current literature. There, um, Dr. Christian Bush has just recently published a book called *The Serendipity Mindset*, which I do recommend to anybody that's listening to this and is more interested in thinking about how they can um, develop their own personal serendipity. One of the issues that we have with serendipity research is that it's all told in retrospect. It's very hard for you can't sort of follow somebody around and hope that they have a serendipitous moment. So what needs to happen is that people talk about their serendipitous moments. So a lot of the research is done with interviewers, with researchers, or people look back at something great that's happened within a company or a business. Someone, someone has innovated in a great way and we look back and we go, oh, look, that was amazing. So you talk about um, post-it notes is an excellent example with Post-it notes, Silver who invented the, the glue for Post-it Notes was actually looking for a super strong glue, a really strong glue and he, he invented this glue that um, failed at what it was supposed to do but eventually was picked up and now we have Post-it Notes that come on and off easily but are, are re-stickable so this glue was a, an unintended invention but obviously we pick up the story when we talk about it at the point when it was a success and when we interview people about their serendipitous moments we're, we're interviewing them about about something which has happened that's positive This means it's then hard I think to disentangle what is a personality trait for experiencing serendipity and what is a personality trait for sort of being positive and for um, and for just for viewing good things that have happened to you as serendipitous because because of the way that we currently approach the um, the research that we do with this survivorship bias and the sense that people are talking about it.
0: You mentioned personality there and, and as you were talking about those different examples, the post-it note and so on, it struck me that perhaps inherently if we think about personality and, and use perhaps say the big five model, having a high openness to experience would be a key aspect of serendipity. And that's just an off the cuff guess, but is that a fair general assessment?
1: Yeah, uh, well, I mean, it's it's interesting. So if you look at the five factor model, so for your listeners, the five factor model would, would have openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness and neuroticism as being the sort of the main five personality sort of traits that that we look at sometimes in the psychological literature. And, And if you look at the five factor model, everybody, every single serendipity researcher would love for openness, which implies that you're out there, you're interested, you want to have more experiences, would love for openness to correlate with serendipity. It, it doesn't. Um, and that's really honestly not from lack of trying. And um, there are, so there is some, um, Laurie mckay Pete has done some interesting, really interesting work on the different sorts of personality factors. And she's seen some limited, and evidence that openness does, but but unfortunately, much as we'd really want it to, it 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 does it doesn't, um, which is disappointing to nearly the entire research field. Because as you said, it's 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 intuitive that that should be the thing that drives it. And my feeling is this is partly because of the necessity afterwards for the network. So there's sort of there's two moments of. Of Of good fortune you need to have for serendipity to happen, you need to have the initial moment of accident, but then you also need to have have all the following up and and that and that may be then that that's an additional layer of complexity in trying to work out how serendipity actually happens
0: and that to to me sounds very much like w- the recent research emerging from neuroscience and psychology about how. Creativity happens in the brain; that it's not a left or a right brain thing. That thing is that concept is well gone, but it happens at different parts of the brain depending on different phases of the creative process. Is serendipity something similar then?
1: Yes, I think so, and um, I think that, and I think that that that's where it can be really interesting for organisations to tap into because there will be things that will increase. The likelihood of serendipity happening that will also, there will also be good practice and will increase the likelihood of all discovery happening, which are possibly easier to control than some of the other aspects of serendipity, which are based very much on on the idea of chance or on the idea of randomness my own research looks looks actually mainly at those at those sort of small moments of, of accident and and what generates them and what we can then do to help people exploit them and more and more i'm finding that really it is just that the network which cements and secures these discoveries and these innovations across time and across and across people
0: so does that mean having a strong network of of people that you're you're working with or or is it about having a network of exposures and ideas
1: i think both i think both are probably equally important um one is sort of in the preparation phase if you're if you are more aware of things that are going on you're more likely to make the connections so you're more likely to see your unexpected datum you're more likely to um to recognize it for what it is is that there's a lovely story of an astronomer whose name just escapes me this second this astronomer who sees um who's looking at, at maps um overlays and she's sort of playing she's playing with them and she spots something and it's, it's a wonderful discovery and she spots it just through overlapping and playing them now if i had been in that situation i never would have <laughs> i could have played with these these films for as long as i liked right i don't have the knowledge and i don't have the understanding to um even know what overlapping these things would mean. And your networks and your training and the people there will help you to develop that knowledge and that understanding so that when these things occur within your field of expertise, you'll be better placed to recognise them and to and to notice them. But then once that's happened, it's also really important that the that you do something with that noticing. And so it's that it's that it's that act of Noticing, which is fostered by by the networks, and then after that, the the networks come in, and can help you to to enact the chance to to make that act of noticing into something, and both those parts are equally important for people to experience and for a serendipitous outcome to to occur.
0: Okay, so if we we think about serendipity in perhaps so sort of very practical and tangible terms, and not to say that what you've been discussing so far hasn't been practical or tangible but in terms then of innovation and creativity is is serendipity a necessary part of those two processes or is it just a, a potential aspect of it what role does it really play
1: um, i don't think you could claim it's necessary. Because there's the most, most innovation happens through um, a sort of a, an exactative and, uh, and an incremental build on. And I think the, uh, the idea that, that companies or that or you can somehow harness serendipity and it will change everything is, is potentially a little bit naive and, and, and a little bit misplaced what i think it does is i think when it does happen it shakes things up and there's a there's a paper by arfini in which she calls serendipity game changing and the the really big stories you have are game changing stories and they're exactly game changing because because they were unanticipated because they're not building on this incremental way so it's it your if the the companies and the people that will Experience these serendipitous events are likely to then have quite a. There's an interesting. Um, Sebastian Ulmer's written an interesting book on this, and what he says about is there's a discrepancy between effort and results often when it comes to serendipity. So you will actually, for less effort, the results will be fantastic because you've taken this this trajectory, this you've approached something from the side. Whether or not there are then issues in how many, how much resources you put into to to looking for this 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 great this great sort of outcome, if you do, part part of the problem is is that you need to get a a sweet spot really because what you need to have within your organisation is you need to be able to be flexible enough to respond to moments of serendipity, moments of accidents, things that are unexpected. Somebody could somebody sees or witnesses something or makes one of those really exciting, bisatiative ideas and you need to be able to follow those up. And that involves a reasonable amount of flexibility. If you, sometimes the sort of, the larger, more, more solid organizations can't flexibly respond enough to build on these things, which is why we tend to see them coming out of younger and newer organizations. But on the other hand, serendipity also requires a, an acceptance of failure, because because it is it is unplanned, because it is un- unanticipated. There's no guarantee that it will actually result in something good happening. So creating there, there's a cost to creating a, a serendipitous um, environment and a serendipitous sort. of plan or policy which you therefore need to be able to absorb as, as an organisation. So there's something, there's a sort of a, a spot within an organisation or a person in which they that flexibility and also the existing resources to buffer against some forms of failure are quite important. And tolerance for failure is important to allow serendipity to happen because there will always be a much higher risk in a serendipitous suggestion or, or outcome
0: does that also suggest that if an organization were thinking about how they might take more advantage of serendipity that perhaps going down the pathway of you know the traditional innovation skunk works might be worth considering if you're able to to have certain areas and, and groups within an organization that are allowed to foster serendipity while also having other parts of the organization that allow or support the development of ideas. So, would would that be worth looking at?
1: Yes, I think so, and I think that's probably one of the sort of the the the, the ways to to create it and to foster it to have to have the different organisations and the different parts. Um I mean there are there are really quite concrete things you can do there it's um Google put in whoever with the sort of like the water cooler conversation, but allowing people to meet people they wouldn't normally meet there's several um what they call there's there's sort of these random coffee um the one I know is the random coffee trials where you, an organisation will just, everyone can sign up to it and you will just assigned somebody to randomly have coffee with from within that organisation. And it used to be you'd actually go and have coffee with them and now obviously you you Zoom call them and then you have an awkward sort of 15 minute conversation. But from those things, from those sort of adding randomness in, you are increasing the chances of a by association of somebody having a conversation which actually, which overlaps and which they can then spark off and have different ideas. And a lot of a lot of the anecdotal stories of serendipity definitely come from I happen to be talking to the right person in a bar, or I happen to be talking to the right person in, in this space or this space, and, and they came up with an idea. And certainly as we are now, most of us living in an almost entirely online world when it comes to Con- conversing with people and talking to people, really thinking hard about how you can build in spaces for small talk, build in spaces for those, almost the social grooming that we do on a day-to-day basis when we bump into people normally or we pop our head round the door of their office or wherever it might be, that's something which, which can probably be done in a much more conscious and much more concrete way um, than is currently happening. And that would therefore increase the chances of of this by association.
0: It reminds me of the the practice that Pixar put in place, of just having a limited number of uh, coffee stations, restaurants, facilities, etc. in their offices, so people had to circulate. And you got that uh, creative abrasion happening as people were just randomly running into other people within the organisation from other functions, other roles, other other levels, just to, to see what might come out of these conversations.
1: Yeah, and I, and I and I think and I think that I mean the the really nice thing about serendipity sort of practice, if you like, is that it's usually just good practice anyway. And if you're if you're lucky, um, there'll be something sort of some sort of spark or some sort of seren- serendipitous moment. And sometimes that might not even be noticed or recognised afterwards. You return to that idea that is it serendipity if nobody's says it's serendipity even if the same things have happened you know two people have accidentally met and it's they've come up with a great idea and then afterwards they don't talk about it as serendipity is it still serendipity i mean, i i think it is there are others that say it has to be recognized by the people who who experience it so, uh, you know, um, Sandra Erdeles has, has the theory of, of super encounterers, and she, she suggests that there are just certain people within an organisation who are very good at fostering networks, uh, seeing information, taking it, passing it on to other people, who when they read things, they when they go information hunting, they are interested in looking for lots of different things that are happening. They don't go with a set mindset, instead they're very open. And these people are useful, because they will then um, pass information on to lots of different people. So fostering sometimes skills that are not necessarily seen as being important personal attributes can also be really important for an organisation to think about, okay, so we've got this person in the office who's, who knows everybody's birthdays and finds everybody's bits of information and knows who likes what and who's interested in what, and so brings those things together. Those sort of skills as well are really important for fostering an environment where, where perspectives are like to bump into each other or information is like to find each other. So you can build on those things. And also those people tend to be nice and fun to be around. Um, so you've, you've got a bonus, even if there isn't a necessarily strict serendipitous outcome from it.
0: So it sounds like a combination of, of leadership, culture, environment and and just getting getting the, the right people into an organisation for you know, if any organisation who was trying this sort of approach.
1: Yes, I think so and and people and people who are um who are curious who um are playful and mobile and putting yourselves in situations where these things are more likely to happen um and and therefore being sort of flexible to move, to move with it yeah
0: You mentioned a lot of different sources there as you were talking are there any particular key books or articles that you might refer people listening to if they really wanted to, to start off on a serendipity adventure?
1: Um, I think really it's definitely worth reading Christian Bush's book on the serendipity mindset, which has just come out, it came out in September and he's done an awful lot of work. He's based in New York at the moment. He's done an awful lot of work on how you can foster serendipity from a, a, a personal perspective um then i will obviously have to have a push for my book which will be coming out next year um which is where we're taking it's our first stance of trying to put together the key researchers and serendipity across different domains and bring them together to show that you can approach serendipity from a scientific perspective so there are definitely people within that who work within innovation and, and organisation who are writing their big review articles about how serendipity can work and that should be coming out 2022 called serendipity science and I think that I'm hoping that will set a standard for how we can look at it beyond beyond a sort of wishy-washy sense of it's just so oh, it's just luck it, it really can be taken down and approached in a much more scientific way.
0: Okay, that sounds great. Wendy Ross, thank you very much for your time. It's been great speaking to you.
1: Thank
0: you. La La Song, Electronic Beat Time and Dream Sequence by Lorenzo's Music is licensed under an attribution share and share alike license.